Welcome to a new episode of the Upper Room Church Podcast. Let's join Pastor Johnson as he shares another life-changing message. All right, greetings again. We thank you today for joining us uh, on this beautiful Lord's Day. God is good and he's certainly worthy to be praised. Well, we're in for a wonderful time. I tell you, it's beautiful outside and I pray all is well with you and your family. Well, let's get into our scriptures. Let me give you the scriptures that I have. We got four that we're going to look at today. And uh, we're going to start with St. Matthews. St. Matthews, the 28th chapter, verse 1 through 10. That's St. Matthew 28, 1 through 10. Then we'll take a look at uh, 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 15, chapter 1 through 18. 2 Corinthians 15, 1 through 18. Then the book of Revelation, Revelation 1, 17 through 18. And then Revelation 1, 17 through 18. And then back to Matthew's. The 28th chapter, verse number 16 and 18. Uh, those are the scriptures that we're going to be covering today. And using for just a subject matter, uh, the heart of the Christian faith. The heart of the Christian faith. That's what we're going to talk about today. Today is the world is celebrating Easter. Uh, the day of uh, that our, our Lord and Savior was crucified. We don't know the exact day he was crucified, but we do know scripture said that earlier that morning when they came to the sepulchre that Jesus was already gone. And so we just lifting him up on today. Well, uh, we just thanking God. Now the world, they say, well, uh, that the churches are gathering. I heard a lot of my colleagues and friends that said, this day, they were all going back into their churches and inviting the members to come back with them uh, uh, to be in service on today, this Easter Sunday morning. And, of course, the news media and the world people, they said, well, that's not a good idea. They know that uh, Easter, uh, the resurrection of Christ we celebrate, is a big thing. In the eyes of all the believers, all God's people, the Christian, this is a big day. This is this is a big day for us because we're celebrating the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So uh, they know that, and so uh, they saying, "Well, it's not a good idea to gathering today. All the churches that are coming together, uh, even the small churches, the, the the local churches, the the mega churches, all of them agreed." Uh, that they are coming together today to celebrate our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And they're saying, that's not a good idea. It's a super spreader. That's a super spreader. Yeah, it, it is a super spreader. And we're going we to spread it real good this morning. We're going to spread the love of Jesus. That's what we're going to do. Yeah, this Sunday morning. This Sunday morning, this resurrection Sunday morning, we go. it is a super spreader for us of faith. Why? Because we're going to be spreading the love of Jesus. We pay no attention, not going to pay any attention to what they say, because if we do, we'll never, never come back into these churches again. So we're coming back today, those of us that decide to come and be with me on this morning. And the rest of you, when you get ready, when you get ready, nobody going to twist your arm. When you get ready, you just come on and 
uh, walk through those doors and, and we're going to have everything set where everybody's going to be comfortable and we're going to be safe. All right, let's take a look at the word of the Lord here today. Uh, in Matthew 28 chapter, uh, this this day, this day right here, we're celebrating, as I said, it is the, uh, the heart of the Christian faith. And we're getting to it today to show you why we say Easter is such a big deal, this resurrection. I don't know much about the eggs and the bunny. I don't, I don't get into all of that because, you know, everything that uh, goes along with God, the world got to throw something in there too uh, to mess it all up. So I don't know about the Easter egg. I don't know about the uh, the bunny. They, they ain't got nothing to do with our Lord and Savior. That's part of the world doing right there. But one thing we do know, we know he got up and we know that he rose from the dead according to the scripture. He did exactly what he said he was going to do. Now, you got your word. Let's take a look at Matthew 28th chapter. Uh, looking at verse number 8, 28, 28 chapter in verse 1. We're going to read down. Listen at what the Lord is saying in verse 1. Uh, let's see. Yes, verse 1. In the end of the in the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week. Now, we all know that the first day of the week would be Sunday. Saturday, which is the Sabbath, is the end of the week. And the beginning of the week, the first day of the week, is known to us as Christians would be Sunday morning. Okay, so uh, he said at the end of the Sabbath, and the Sabbath would end that Saturday at 6 o'clock. So Saturday evening, uh, going into Saturday evening, uh, would be the dawn of a new day, the beginning of the first day of the week. So as it began to, he said, dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sep uh, sepulchral. Verse number two said, and behold, there was a great earthquake for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and set up on it. Verse number three goes on to say, his countenance, describing the angel here, his countenance was like lightning and his raiment was white as snow. And for the fear of the him, the keeper did shake and become as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the woman, fear not ye for I know that you seek Jesus, which was crucified. So here we see that the angel is explaining to Mary Magdalene and the other Mary what's going on. Sure, they were fear, uh, fearful. Who wouldn't be afraid after uh, seeing this and hearing a great earthquake? But the angel said, uh, fear not for I know that you seek Jesus, uh, which was crucified. And notice verse number six said, he is not here. This is what the word of the Lord said. Jesus is not here for he is what? Risen as he said. Uh, come see the place where the Lord laid. And so the angel began to show uh, Mary uh, and Magdalene and the other Mary where Jesus laid that he was not there anymore. Our Lord and Savior has risen. Now notice verse number seven. And he told the women, he said, now go quickly and tell his disciples he is risen from the dead. There it is. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee and there you shall see him. Lo, I have told you. So 
uh, Mary was instructed by the angel of God to go and tell Jesus' disciples to meet him in Galilee. And there you're going to see him. And verse 8 said, And they departed quickly from the uh, sepulchre with fear and great joy and did run to bring his disciples uh, the word. Verse 9 says, and as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met him. Yes, the one that they came looking for met them, uh, saying, all hell. And they came and they what? They saw him and they worshiped him. They fell at his feet and they worshiped him. And verse number 10 said, then said Jesus unto them, be not afraid. Of course, they will be afraid. Be not afraid. Go tell my brethren uh, that they shall go into Galilee and there they shall see me. So we see here that the angel of the Lord gave Mary uh, the report to go and tell Jesus' brethren, all the brethren, Matthew, John, Luke, uh, 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 Philip, and all the brethren, go and tell them, meet me in Galilee and there they will see we're going to have Amen. Our meeting there. All right. And notice uh, he is not here in verse number six. So what am I saying? Today is a big day for all of God's people all around the world. Not just here in the city of Memphis, but all around the entire world. This resurrection Sunday morning, it is a big deal. Why is it such a big deal? Because he did something. He came into this world and he said that he was going to give his life for our sin and that not only that, but he was going to rise the third day, just like he said, according to the scripture. Now, it's a big deal because had he not done what he said, knowing what the scripture said, let's look at the book of Corinthians. Corinthians, the 15th chapter. Why is this day a big deal? I want to show you why this day is such a big deal to us. It's the heart of our faith. It's the heart. It's the very core of what we believe. Our hope is all built in to Jesus doing exactly what he's going to do. Now, 1 Corinthians 15 chapter, looking at verse number one, the word of the Lord said, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which I preach unto you, which also you have received, and wherein you stand. Talking about this gospel of Jesus Christ. Verse number two, he said, by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. So Paul is preaching to the Corinthian church and saying to them, you are saved, this gospel of Jesus Christ that I'm preaching to you, you are saved if you keep in memory what I told you. It's very, very important that we remember the gospel message because we are saved if we keep in memory what the message is all about. Verse number three said, he said, for I delivered unto you, I gave you first of all that which I also received. That makes sense. You can't give anybody something that you don't have. So Paul said, I gave you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture. Now we see that Jesus, according to the scripture, he died for our sin. This is the core of the Christian faith. 
He died for our sin. This is a big deal. This is very, very important. He died for our sin, verse 3, according to the scripture, and verse 4 said, and that he was buried, there it is, and that he rose again the third day according to the scripture. This is a big deal. We preach Jesus Christ and him crucified, that he did exactly what he said he was going to do. Now, had he not done that, then our faith, we'll find out, will all be in vain. This is why it's so important. This is a big deal. I'm so glad to be here to talk about our risen Savior on today. Let's read just a little further, if you will. Now, I know the verse 4 again says, and that he will bear it. Yes, he was. And he rose again the third day according to what? The scripture. Jesus was. Now, not only we have uh, scripture proof that Jesus rose again, but historically, there, there, there we have historically uh, 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 events that point into that something happened on that day that man cannot explain. All right, but listen to what he said. In verse number five says, he rose according to the scripture, verse five said, and that he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. So, Cepha would be Peter, and then the rest of the 12 disciples, they saw him. And verse number 6 said, after that he was seen above 500 brethren at once. So we have a huge uh, witness, a cloud of witness here, that could testify that they saw Jesus after uh, the resurrection. Above 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto the present, but some has fallen asleep. And verse number seven said, after that, he was seen of James. Uh, then of all the apostles, James, the Lord brother, of course, why wouldn't Jesus appear unto his own brother? A flesh and blood brother, he appeared to James and then to the rest of the apostles to let them know that I am very, very much alive. So this resurrection day, it is a big deal. Now, notice verse number eight said, and verse number eight said, and at last of all, he was seen of me also. So Paul said, I was the last one to see Jesus alive. I know he's alive. Paul said, at last of all, he was seen of me also as one born out of due time. Paul said, I was one born out of due time, but I saw the Lord and Savior after his resurrection. How did you see him, Paul? Paul met the Lord on the road to Damascus when the Lord called him into the ministry and told him that he was Jesus whom he would preach or uh, persecute him and, 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 and gave him specific instruction how to get his life lined up with the word of God and how that he was given commandment to go and preach this Jesus that he was fighting against. Paul said, I, I saw him as one born out of due time. In verse number nine said, for I am the least of the apostles. Yes, I'm the least. That I am not meek to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. Because of Paul's stand, his stand that he took prior to his conversion, uh, he would he prior to conversion, he fought against Christianity, he fought against uh Jesus Christ and his gospel because he didn't understand it. All he knew was Judaism and the law of Moses 
amen, as he would talk, amen, under the scribes and the Pharisee. But verse number 10 goes on to say, look at verse 10. For by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which worketh in me. So now God took this Paul that fought against this gospel that we're talking about this morning, turned his life upside down, turned him around, and put him on the right road. And now this Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. God turned him into one of the most greatest uh, apostle, one of the greatest teacher in the New Testament uh, Bible here. And so he said, I am what I am by the grace of God, but it's not me. It's the grace of God that liveth in me, the grace of God that will be stored upon me. So what God can do, God can take a man and, and no matter how bad his life is messed up and tore up, God can take that man and change his life and put his word in his heart and give him a charge, amen, to go out and teach God's word. So here, this day, this resurrection Sunday morning, yes, brothers and sisters, it is a big thing uh, to us. It's a great thing. It is the heart of our faith. Now, let's read just a little bit further, if you will. Notice what he said here. Now, in verse number uh, 11, he said, Therefore, whether it were I or they, so we preach, and so you believe. So Paul's saying it don't matter who you heard the gospel through, whether it was I or whether it was some other apostle. The thing about it, the important thing is that you heard the gospel and that you believe. Yes, we are believers today. But now verse, 13, now verse 12 says, follow along with me. He said, now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead and, and he is preached that he rose from the dead, this is what we do. Every minister, every gospel, every gospel preacher, we preach that Christ rose from the dead and that he, he died for your sin and for my sin. So this day is a big day. So Paul is saying, now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? Now, there were some among them that taught that there was no resurrection of the dead. It wasn't the Pharisees, it was the Sadducees. The Sadducees didn't believe in no resurrection. They didn't believe in no spirit. They didn't believe in no Holy Ghost, no Holy Spirit. They didn't believe in nothing. Very much, if you ask me, uh, that, that will amount to anything. So some said there's no resurrection. When you die, you're done. And so therefore, Jesus gave his life on the cross. And he's dead. This man is done. It's all over with. Well, if that be the case, our faith is void. But we know for a fact that that is not the case. Let's continue to read. Verse number 13 said, But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen. So if the Sadducee uh, doctrine was right, that there is no resurrection, then all of the Christian faith would all be in vain. He said, then Christ uh, uh, died would be all in vain. Look at the word. He said, verse 14, if Christ be not risen, then our preaching, then our preaching is vain. And your faith is vain. Look at all the believers in the world today. 
there are there are there are millions and millions and millions of Christians today believe in Jesus and the resurrection. But if Christ be not risen, now he came and he died and he told us that he was going to lay down his life for our sins, our sins, and that he would give us a new start. If he didn't do that, then our preaching, our singing, our praying, and all everything, everything else that we do that pertaining to Christianity, it will all be in vain. What a ruin. What a waste. Amen. Jesus would be an imposter if he had not done what he said. But we know for a fact Jesus done just what he said. Let's read on just a little bit further. Now, he said, if Christ be not risen, then our preaching, all of our preaching, and some of we have some awesome preachers in this world today. We have preachers that I mean that can expound on the word of God, all of the exaltation, all of the uh, all that you put into your studies to, to uh, present and represent God through the scripture. All of that will be in vain. All of your singing will be in vain. And then he said, and your faith. Your faith today is all in vain. Now, the world would love this. The world would love to know that our faith is in vain because the world, they want us not to believe like we believe. Oh, yes. They, they, I, they want us not to believe in this Jesus Christ. One, I heard one, one man say uh, uh, they trying in some places, they trying to ban the Bible. Ban reading the Bible. Why? The Old and the New Testament. Why? Because this Bible, this Word of God, it gives the people too much hope. And, and, and that's what we need. That's what we're thanking God today for. The hope that we have in the Word of God, this hope goes beyond this life into the next life. And so they're saying that the Bible, the Old Testament and the New Testament, it gives people too much hope. They don't want you to have hope. They want you to look to them, look to the government, look to the elected official. But we're looking past our government. We're looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. So, yes, they don't want us to read this Bible because they give you something to look forward to. Better than what's in this world. It's better. Now, I'm telling you, this the, the benefit that God has for us uh, is out of this world. It's the, it pays eternal life is worth serving God for. Nothing in this world can pay you or give you anything greater than what God offer his people. So yeah, they want us to believe that uh, uh, Jesus didn't rise. There's no resurrection. There's, there's, there, there's nothing like that. So if, I, if we believe that and if he didn't do what he said, then our faith would be in vain. Then we would have to look to ourselves. Then we would have to look to elected officials to provide for us, to take care of us, because there's no God. There's no God of the universe. There's no almighty God. There's no supreme being. There's nothing on the other side, nothing to look forward to, but the government that we have. This is what the world wants. Look to us. We'll provide for you. We'll take care of you. Don't look for uh, to other sources. Oh, this resurrection day, brothers and sisters, it is a big thing. It's a great thing because it's the heart of the Christian faith. Now, notice what it said. We go a little bit further. Verse 14 again said, if Christ be not risen, then your faith, 
Our preaching is your our preaching is vain. Your faith is vain. Verse 15 say, Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God. So if we if, if Jesus had not got up, this is what Paul is saying. You and I, we have found out to be we are false witness because we told everybody that Jesus died for your sins and for my sins. And if he didn't rise, then we are false witnesses. There'll be a lot of false witnesses if Jesus didn't do what he said. And we said he did. Then we have found false witness of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ whom he raised not up if so be that the dead rise not. Lord of verse 16 said, for if the dead rise not, then is not Christ risen. If there is no resurrection, then Christ is not risen. This is what Paul is saying. If there be no resurrection. Oh, but we know that this is not the case. Verse number 17 said, and if Christ be not raised from a uh, raise, your faith is vain. There it again, he reiterated. And you are yet in your sin. So if Christ is not raised from the dead, you, your faith is vain and you are yet in your sins. There it is. Verse number 18 said, then they also which are fallen asleep in Jesus are perished. And all those Christians, all those believers who have fallen asleep years and years ago, trusting Almighty God, believing in Almighty God, looking to Jesus, the great Redeemer, looking and having faith in him, although they have fallen asleep in Christ Jesus, they are perished. They don't have no hope for that resurrection day. That judgment day when we teach and preach that the trumpet going to sound and the dead in Christ shall rise first and then that we that are remain shall be called up to meet the Lord in the air. Then if Jesus is not risen, our faith is vain. We're yet in our sin and all those that are going to sleep, they are perished. Verse number 19. Then he goes on to say, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. Now, what he's saying there, if, if in this life only we have hope in Christ. So as we walk this earth, you and I, as we walk this earth, as we live here on this earth, if we just have hope in Christ while we are on planet earth, we just just like every other man, miserable. And our world today, brothers and sisters, I want you to know our world is miserable. They don't know what to do. They are not happy. No, there are no peace in the land. They're not happy. The world doing what they're doing, but they are not happy. They have no peace. Why? Because we teach and believe that peace is in Jesus. Jesus said, I come to give you peace. And my peace, I leave with you. So the peace of God is in Jesus. So notice what he's saying here. Verse number 19, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men's most miserable. That's what the Lord is saying. If we only have hope in this world. Now look at verse number 20, if you will. Verse number 20 said, but now is Christ raised from the dead and become the first fruit of them that slept. So this thing, this day, this resurrection day, this is a big thing. This is something that we look forward to and we're thanking God for because if there was no resurrection, all of our preaching, all of our teaching would be in vain. But notice, let's go just a little bit further. 
Turn with me to the book of Revelation. In the book of Revelation, the first chapter, John was on the Isle of Patmos, Patmos, and John had this testimony, he had this report. In Revelation, the first chapter, Revelation, the first chapter, in verse uh, number 17. Here's what John said. Paul went on to say that uh, now we know Christ is risen, or we know he's risen. Yes, he is. But now notice what John said. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. This was, here's John's testimony. When I saw him, Jesus, that is, I fell at his feet as dead, and he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, for I am the first and I am the last. We thank God for Jesus. Being the first, we know there's him. We know he, he's the first and he's the last. He said, Fear not, John. Don't be afraid. I'm the first. That means I'm the beginning. And I'm the last. And there's nothing in between that. So I'm the first and I'm the last. And verse number seven, he went on to say, and I fell at the feet as I was as a dead man. And he laid his right hand up on me and said, fear not, I'm the first and the last. But notice verse number 18, he said, I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of death and of hell and of death. Now, this resurrection day, it is a big thing, brothers and sisters. Why such a big thing? Because if he hadn't got up, our faith, our preaching, our singing, and everything that we do all would be in vain. And here John on the Isle of Patmos, he said, I saw him. He said, I was in the spirit on the Lord day. And when God came into my life, he touched my life. He revealed himself to me. And he said, fear not, John. I'm the first, I'm the last. And he said, I'm he that liveth, that was Jesus. And I'm he that was dead, that was Jesus. And I'm he, and behold, I said, I am alive. It's a big deal. So our, our, this Easter, this Sunday, this resurrection Sunday morning, yes, it is a big deal. Jesus said to John, I am he that was that liveth and was dead, and I'm alive forevermore. And I thank God for that today. This is why we teach and preach that men should give their life to Jesus. It's a big deal. Yes, he died on the cross for you. Yes, he died on the cross for me. Yes, he rose again according to the scripture. We know he lived and, and, and make intercession for you and I but before the Father. So he told John, he said, I'm he that was alive. Oh, yes, I'm alive. Jesus testified to John himself, I'm alive and I was dead. He's no longer dead, but I'm alive. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Jesus is living right now. And we're looking for our soon coming king. Can you say amen, somebody? He is alive. So the resurrection, the resurrection is the heart. It's the very heart. It's the core. If you take the resurrection away, there's nothing there. It's just like, it's just like a body. If you take the heart out, what do you got? Nothing but a corpse. You can't function without a heart. You can't live without a heart. You have no movement. You can't do anything. You have to have a heart because the heart is the core of what makes everything operates. And the resurrection that we're celebrating today is the heart and it is the core of everything we as Christian do today. 
Jesus is alive. Thank God today that Jesus is alive. Can you give God a hand praise and thank God that Jesus is alive. I thank God for this resurrection Savior. He is alive and he said he's alive forevermore. Amen. And not only am I alive, he said I got the key to death and hell. So this God that we serve, this Jesus Christ that we serve and sing and talk about, he had the keys. He only, not only did he just die, but he took victory. He conquered death and he conquered hell. This Jesus that we're talking about. Hell couldn't hold him. The grave couldn't hold him. Jesus conquered everything. And not only did he conquer everything, let me show you in the book of St. Matthew, and I'm almost done. This resurrection day, is a big deal. Don't let nobody fool you. Don't let nobody make you think that it's not a big deal. It is a big deal, brothers and sisters. And I thank God today for knowing that Jesus is alive and he's well. He's sitting on the throne and I'm looking forward to our Lord and Savior returning to take his children home. I want to encourage you today to hang on in there. Don't you give up. Don't you pay the world no mind. Don't you get with the world. Amen. You stay with the Lord because there's a reward awaiting all of us that will stay with the Lord. Listen to what he said in the book of St. Matthews, the 28th chapter. Now, Paul said, if Christ not raised from the dead, that our faith will be in vain. Then he went on to say, I know he's raised from the dead because he was singing above 500 brethren, then the apostle, then I saw him myself. He is alive and well. And John saw him on the Isle of Patmos. He was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And the Lord said to him, I'm he that was living. I'm he that was dead. And I'm alive forevermore. And I got keys to death. I got the keys to hell and the grave. Oh, yes, he's alive and he's aware. And not only does he have the keys to, to death and hell, notice what it said in St. Matthew, the 28th chapter. Look at this. St. Matthew, the 28th chapter, verse number 16. Then the 11 disciples went away unto Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, when they saw Jesus, they worshiped him. But some doubt it. Oh, yeah. People go always. You have a few that doubt the Lord. We got some today doubting the Lord. They doubted him back then. Some are doubting him today. So that some of them worship me. I thank God that I'm among the worshiping crowd. I thank God I'm among, I'm among the ones that are going to worship our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Oh, but some are doubting today. I want to encourage you. Don't be a doubter. Don't be in that crowd. Have faith in God. God is good, and God is who he said he was. God did what he said he was going to do. He came into the world to redeem man and to bring us, reconcile us back to God Almighty. And brothers and sisters, he did exactly what he said he was going to do. And I thank God for that today. Listen to what he said. And when he came, some of them, verse 17, and some, when they saw him, they worshiped him. But some doubt it. You're going to have the doubters. Always going to have the doubters. But thank God for the worshipers. Verse 18 said, and Jesus came and he spake unto them saying, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. So what Jesus is saying right here in Matthew, the 28th chapter, he's, he's reaffirming, uh, he is affirming it even before he told John on the Isle of Patmos, 
you told John that I am he that was alive, I'm he that was dead, and I'm alive forevermore, and I have the keys to death and hell. I have that. So not only he got the keys to death and hell, right here he's telling the disciple, I'm alive, and not only that, I have all power uh, given to me in heaven and in earth. All the authority, all the rules, all the, everything, the permission, the Father had turned over everything into the hands of Jesus. Here it is. He said all power. And I thank God today for serving Jesus, a great God who has all power given unto him in heaven and earth. And then he gave this disciple this great commission. Verse 19 and 20. Yes, I'm he that was alive. Yes, I'm he that was dead. Yeah, but I'm alive forevermore. And I got the keys to death and I got the keys to hell. One thing I like about our God, he got the victory over the grave. He got the keys to death and hell. You know what? You can't die until God said die. You cannot live unless God speaks to you and said live. Jesus got the key to death and he got the key uh, uh, to hell. He's our all power given unto me in heaven and in verse 19 said, he gave this disciple this great commission here. He said, now go ye therefore and teach all nations. This is very, very important. This great commission that the Lord is giving his disciple. He said, now what I want you to do, he said, go and teach all nations, men and women. Boys and girls, they will teach them. And Lord, no people need teaching today. People think they know, but they don't know. They think they know about the Lord. They think they know their Bible. But Lord, we don't know what we think. We don't know what we need to know. Amen. I, I've been reading this Bible over 40 something years and I'm still learning. He said, go into all the world and teach them. Teach men and women. Teach them the ways of Jesus. Teach them the ways of God. Teach them, the Bible said, teach them the way of the Lord. Teach them. And all nations, teach them. And then baptize them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Ghost. Verse number 20 says, teaching them. There it is again. We need teaching so badly today. People believe some, some of everything, all kind of stuff they believe. But he said, teaching them people to what he said, observe. That's very, very important. Jesus said, teach my people to observe, pay attention. Christians are not looking. They're not paying attention. They're walking around with their head up in the air, but they're not paying attention. He said, observe all things. Look at everything. Look at what's happening to us. Look at what's happening to our world. Look at what's happening to our government. Look at what they're trying to turn us into. Observe all things. They got all of us afraid. Afraid to go to church. Afraid to serve God. But you know what? We got to observe all things. Pay attention to what they're trying to do. We can't go to church. We can go to Walmart. We can go to Kroger. We can go to Home Depot. We can go to work every day. I go in and out of town every day. I go in and out of town, meet different folks as I work. But I can't go to church. Here it is 
right here, brothers and sisters. The Lord said, teach them to observe all things. We got to, the, the resurrection is a big thing, and we have to realize what the world is trying to do. The world is trying to separate us from what the very core of what we believe in. If they can get us not to believe in what we believe in, then they can get us to believe in what they want us to believe, what they want us to believe, what they want us to believe. They got to separate these Christians. See, they don't want you. The Bible gives us too much hope. The Old Testament gives us hope. The New Testament gives us hope. And then we got to stop these people from having so much hope and look to us. Don't look to God Almighty, but look to us. And we believe in what they want us to believe in. And Jesus said right here, you teach them. You teach them, Peter. You teach them, teach them, John. Teach them, Matthew, to observe all things and pay attention to what's going on. Sometimes we Christians, we don't know what's going on until, until, until it to happen to us. We need to know what's happening. We need to know the signs of the time. We need to know what the devil's trying to do. The devil trying to get us out of God. The devil trying to change this world into a secular world. The, the United States, this, this country was founded on religion. It was a religious country. And, and we built up on uh, the, the Bible principles. And they want to get us away from these biblical principles. The only way to do that is to separate us from our churches. Get these folks out of these churches. Get them in their home every day. Forget about those churches. And some of them ain't going to never go back to the churches. And now we can change them into what we want them to be changed into. Believe me, some of the saints are changing right with them. They don't know what's going on. But Jesus said, teach them. Teach them to observe. Pay attention. Don't you let the world separate you from God. Don't you let the world separate you from your church and your, 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 our assembling together. Teach them to observe all things. Notice what it said. All things uh, uh, whatsoever I have commanded you and lo, I am with you always even until the end of the world. So uh, resurrection Sunday morning today, brothers and sisters, this is a big thing. I mean, this, this, this is a heart. This is a core. And take this away, we have nothing. We have no hope. We have nothing to talk about. We take this away. Just take away our faith. Take away Jesus rose from the dead. That third day morning. That third day, he got up. Just take that away. And what do all the Christians, you thought, how many Christians in the world? So many millions and billions of Christians on planet Earth. And you take that away. He rolled from the dead and it didn't happen. Take that away. What do we have? Nothing. What are we going to be? Heathens, sinners, ungodly people. Look to ourselves and not looking to a, a supreme being, God Almighty. The resurrection today, it is a big thing. It's a big thing. I thank God today. I thank God today that Jesus is alive and he's well. He done what he said he was going to do. Come on, give the Lord a great big hand today, you all that are here. Jesus done what he said he was going to do. And not only that, he's getting ready to return and come and rapture the church out of here and bring destruction up on this world. God bless you today. I hope I said something to encourage your heart. So this resurrection day, I want you to understand, it's a big thing. Now, I don't advocate the eggs. I don't advocate the bunny. I advocate the resurrection. Because that's, that's what it's all about. The eggs, you want to eat the eggs, fine. 
You want to eat the money, that's fine. But the resurrection of Jesus Christ is a big deal. That's a big deal. And I thank God for Jesus on today. So we thank God for you listening to us today. God bless your hearts. May God continue to bless you. Amen. You and your family. God continue to prosper you on this earth. Keep the faith saying, hold on to faith. Hold on to God's unchanging hand. And when the Lord bless you, when the Lord gets you ready, when you make up your mind, amen, nobody going to force you to do anything. When you get ready, just get in your car and drive on down the street and come on back to church. And we'll be right here waiting on you. We're here today. We've been gone from this place one year, one year. And I tell you, the one year sort of been neglected to place and got in. We, we need a lot of work done. And I had to apologize to the Lord. Lord, I apologize for not looking after the church like I should have. We've been gone one year. Grass grown up. Spider webs and grow gotten what it shouldn't be. We got to give the church a good cleaning. We got to do everything. So they had us out here one year. But we back now, y'all. I want you to understand we back. Thank God for Jesus. We back. All is well. God going to take care of you. God going to take care of all of us and we're going to be just fine. God bless you in Jesus name. Thanks, Pastor Johnson, for another amazing message. Make sure to join us next week for an all new episode of the Upper Room Church podcast. Until then, remember, encounter Jesus, echo hope and dwell in love.